0: There we go. All right. It is a joy to see so many up this morning, um, actually wide awake. Um, and so it, it is a joy to be here with you. Uh, we're going to start this morning, as you do every week, um, if you turn over your notebooks. And we're going to look at particularly the Wellspring purpose and then um, go over our disciplines. So, the purpose in um, meeting together every Saturday morning is to encourage one another as women of Grace Bible Church to shepherd our hearts toward Jesus Christ with the Word of God so that we live gospel transformed lives, therefore, strengthening the church in its gospel purpose. Are you remembering that connection between shepherding your hearts and living out gospel transformed lives? and how it affects the church. When we choose other things over shepherding, over caring, or guarding over our hearts, it doesn't only affect our own hearts, it affects others as well, as we're going to see in our lesson this morning. So, let's stop and let's evaluate. How are you doing with the disciplines, in light of our purpose, as you remember your role in strengthening the church? Do you need to be encouraged? Do you need to be challenged? Do you need some spurring on? Do you need to be reminded yet once again of what your heart needs most? Discipline number one tells us that we are to shepherd our hearts with the word of God in order to meet with and love and worship and fear and become more faithful to the God of the word. That starts by being in the Word consistently. Is this becoming a natural part of your life? Do you wake up in the morning longing to be with your Lord? Do you look forward to that time with Him, whenever that fits into your day? If not, are you disciplining yourself to get into the Word, knowing the treasure that you'll find there? Are you shepherding your heart to Him? What are you doing as you're reading God's Word each day? Are you drawing near to God to grow in your love and your worship of Him? And then what about the rest of your day? Are you dwelling on, meditating on what you've read? Are you caring for your heart with the treasures that you've found in meeting with the Lord? Are you finding that the time spent with him is causing you to better see your sin? And when you do, are you then quick to confess and remember the sacrifice that Christ has paid for that sin? And then is that causing you to grow in your appreciation of the grace that he gives to us? Ladies, if we are not doing this on a regular basis, we are like a dry well. We will be women without much to offer others. How can we strengthen the church if we are not drawing from him? We can't. And so we must be in his word. And not just reading it, but we must be purposeful in caring for our hearts with the wonderful truths that we find there. And then discipline number two shows us the next place that needs to be most impacted outside of our own hearts with the word of God and with God himself. It's with those with whom we live. It's important that we remember that these are the relationships that we are to care for first. That the time spent with the Lord overflows into the way that we care for those in our home. That because of our time spent with the Lord, our hearts are prepared. Our thinking is in alignment with God and his word. And Christ is seen in us in such a way that it impacts those in our homes. Our husbands, our children, our roommates, our parents, our grandchildren. They ought to gain a sense that their home is a place that is centered On the gospel. Now we all know that that doesn't just happen, right? That will only occur when we are thinking on the gospel. When we are purposeful in bringing it into our household relationships. It's a purposeful choice. And then from there, discipline three flows. The woman who shepherds her heart and cares for those in her home will be... A woman who has a positive impact on those in the church as well as those outside of the church she will be impactful because she's been feasting on God's word and because she's a woman who knows God because that is her intention to grow in her knowledge of him as she reads his word she will be impactful because she brings love and grace and truth those in her home and those outside of her home. It's important to be reminded of these truths this morning and to keep them in view as we look at our lesson this morning. So I'd like for you to turn um, to our passage this morning, which is Luke 10, 38 through uh, 42 are the verses we're going to look at. And as you do, I have some questions that I'd like for you to ponder as you turn to that passage. Do you ever feel that your ministry, either to your family or to those um, outside of your home, seems to involve endless preparations and tasks? Are you ever distracted by all of the demands and preparations that are required of your ministry? Do you ever feel alone in your ministry, in your service to others? Do you ever feel frustrated with the people God has placed in your life as your ministry? Do you ever feel that no one is really values or is sensitive to the many demands of your ministry, again whether inside your home or outside of it? Do you ever judge others when they seem to be oblivious to the many demands of your ministry? Do you ever wonder how you will ever get done everything that needs to get done? And, have you ever started out serving well, but at some point you lost sight of Jesus, the one whom you are ultimately serving? If so, then you will be able to relate to Martha. And because I think it is so easy for all of us to relate to her, we need to hear Jesus' words this morning as he addresses both Martha and Mary. So let's go ahead and look at our passage. Let me read it to you. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his words. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations and And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all this serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. As we look into the lives of these two women and think about Jesus' words to them, I think it will reveal much to us about our own hearts and what it means to be a servant and what will distract us from God-honoring service. So I want to begin first by looking at what this passage is not about. I don't know about you, but I've heard this passage taught in a lot of different ways. And I think some of them, um, maybe from some error. So I want to look at what it's not about because I think it'll help in, cl- uh, it'll help clarify Jesus' intent in the passage and not minimize what it has to reveal to our own hearts. So first of all, this passage is not about personality types. Has anyone ever heard it taught that way? I know I have. That's not what this passage is about. The fact that Mary was seated at Jesus' feet listening to his words does not mean that she was unwilling to serve. Jesus is not trying to help us learn how to be balanced between Martha-type ministry and Mary-type solitude. And the point of this passage is not that we should be unconcerned about serving. Rather, in this passage, Jesus is focusing on the choices we make. In verse 42, Jesus said, Mary had chosen the good part. And the implication is that Martha had not. So let's look into the lives of Mary and Martha. Two sisters, Martha is the older, Mary is the younger, They have a brother, Lazarus, who later dies and who is brought back to life by Jesus. We find that in in John chapter 11. Now to many of us, I know that this is a very familiar passage of scripture. Who doesn't identify with Martha? Probably no one in this room, right? Frustrated with all of the work that's before her. And who doesn't admire Mary in her devotion to the Lord? So this morning, as we look into the lives of these two women, I pray that you will look at them with fresh eyes and look carefully at the words that Jesus speaks to them. As we do, I think we'll find um, that it has much to reveal to us in relation to Jesus, and also um, it has much to reveal about our own hearts. We'll find what it means to be a servant and what will distract us from God-honoring service. As we do, I think we'll gain new insight into discipline number one and its interconnectedness with disciplines two and three. Why we must never neglect in bringing our hearts to the word of God and remember his truths throughout the day. Now, as you look at the, down at the passage, you'll notice that there's no mention of servants there. Now, that would have been very common in that day. But because it's not there, that implies that all of the household responsibilities fell to, to uh, Martha and to Mary. So... Now let's start with verse um, number 38. You'll see uh, this is number 1, Roman numeral number 1 in your outline. It's a heart to serve. Now as they were traveling along, he, and obviously it's speaking of Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Martha started out with good intentions. She welcomed Jesus into her home. Perhaps for a meal, or maybe for the evening, or possibly for a place to stay while he was in that village. In much the same way that Jesus told his disciples to stay in homes that would receive him when he sent them out to preach in the villages. We see that in Luke um, 9 and 10. Many commentators believe that that an invitation to Jesus would naturally include extending hospitality to all of the men who traveled with Jesus. So this was no small thing that Martha was offering. And the idea of welcomed that we see there means that she received Jesus into her home for the purpose of showing hospitality and kindness to him. That word communicates that she wanted to shower him with goodness and kindness as she met his needs. That desire was good. Yet, there is a great warning here. We can have the best of intentions to serve and to extend kindness to those in our home and to those that we invite in, but a good start does not guarantee a good outcome we must not be deceived into thinking that good intentions are good enough. Because we all have the potential to undo our good intentions if we are not careful to watch over our hearts as we serve others. We must guard against that undoing by choosing the one thing that Jesus said was necessary. So now, let's look at Mary and learn more about her choice. It's number two on your outline. We see in Mary a heart engaged. Look at verse 39 with me. She, Martha, had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Mary desired to be with Jesus. She was taking full advantage of the opportunity that she had to listen to him. She understood that the Son of God himself was a guest in her home. Now, as a woman, um, Mary had every cultural reason not to be seated at Jesus' feet, listening to him. She had every reason to be with Martha instead. See, a woman serving a rabbi in that day was not uncommon. But here, Mary is assuming the role of a disciple under a rabbi. That was unusual. And it helps us understand her strong desire to be with Jesus. Mary understood the priority and the privilege of being with Jesus. This is a woman who was shepherding her heart toward Jesus so that she could take in his words. Because they revealed more of him to her. She wanted Jesus. That takes purposeful choice. She chooses to be free from distractions, even the good distractions, in order to choose the best. Mary understood That nearness to Jesus was her good. She was very intentional in her choice. And we must learn to be intentional in choosing to be near to Jesus. And to take in his word. And to allow it to affect our hearts. This will happen when we, like Mary, understand the treasure that we have in knowing him. Now, let's compare that with Martha. We see this in verse 40, and that's number 3 on your outline. A heart distracted. The verse begins with, but Martha. When we see the word but, we know that there's a contrast coming. We just saw Mary seated at the feet of Jesus, but Martha was distracted. To be distracted means to be drawn away. Martha had become overoccupied and too busy with her preparations. And the word distracted here is passive. It's a passive verb, meaning that she didn't fight against it. She just allowed it to happen. Instead of keeping the focus that she seemed to have in verse 38 when she welcomed Jesus into her home to show him kindness and to serve him, she allowed herself to be pulled away from Jesus. In addition, Jesus described Martha as worried and bothered in verse 41. To be worried means to be anxious or troubled about something. It means to be overwrought, on edge, or fretful. Now I know none of us can relate to that, right? <laughs> And the Greek word bothered is turbazo. It's the same word from which we get our English word, turbulence. Okay, that's a pretty good word description, isn't it? Martha is troubled and stirred up, and she is visibly agitated. Now, worried shows that there is an inward uneasiness, while bothered shows that there's an outward misunderstanding that led her to to her excessive activity and what was it that had Martha so bothered and worried and distracted look again at verse 40 but Martha was distracted with all her preparations it's so important that we understand that it is not wrong it was not wrong for Martha to serve Jesus It's not wrong for us to serve those in our household, those in our body, our neighbors, whoever God brings into our life. Serving and working hard in service is good. In the early church, women were known for their service. Paul in Romans 16, 1 and 2 commends Phoebe, who was a servant and a helper in the church and to Paul personally. In Romans 16.3, Paul refers to Priscilla as his fellow worker in Christ Jesus. Acts 16.14 and 15 tells us that Lydia opened up her home and extended hospitality to Paul and to the church. In Luke 4.39, I find this so interesting, we find that immediately after Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, she got up, And it says, she waited on them. She served them. These women are not in any way rebuked for their service. Our passage is certainly not saying that we should neglect extending kindness. In fact, look up just a few verses and look at verse 33 just before our passage. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan where Jesus had just taught that we need to love others by our actions, by serving our neighbors. Serving reflects the image of God. We were created to bear that image of Jesus as one who serves. Hard work was not Martha's problem. And it's not our problem. That's not what spoils our service, our ministry. What spoiled Martha's ministry was a heart that was not anchored and steadied and fixed and riveted on Jesus and his words. Instead, we see a heart that's distracted and swept away from Jesus by much preparation. Look again at verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all her preparations. Literally, she was distracted by much service. Jesus said to her in verse 41, You are worried and bothered about so many things, meaning more than what was necessary. Martha put an an exaggerated value on her excessive service. And she was distracted by all the things that she thought she needed to do. Now we all know that we can miss the heart of serving our families and others by being lazy, right? But we can also miss the heart of service by being distracted uh, and thinking that we must do too much. When our hearts are swept away by preparations and they are not anchored to Jesus, that's when we lose our focus. That's what happened to Martha. She was distracted by her excessive service, and in doing so, she totally missed what was necessary. She missed the good part. She missed the opportunity to learn from the one that she was trying to serve. And we, like Martha, may very well become distracted and worried and bothered by an inaccurate view of what we think we need to do. But that's not all that we can get carried away with, right? Let's stop for a second and ask ourselves, when are we most prone to become distracted and worried as Martha was? Is it when we're trying to please man rather than God? That could have been a temptation for Martha, right? Being more concerned with what people thought about her service than what God did? Proverbs 29 um, calls that the fear of man. And it says that the fear of man brings a snare. It easily ensnares us into the same kind of turmoil that we see in Martha. When we become, excuse me, we can become prone to distraction. When we are wanting to serve ourselves in any situation. When we want things done our way, and we want everyone else to be as committed to serving our agenda as we are. We are susceptible to becoming excessively concerned with what others are doing or not doing. Maybe to the point of judging them or even being becoming embittered toward them when we are not fixing our eyes on our Savior and the privilege of knowing and serving Him. We must guard against becoming more concerned about what we get done than how we get it done. And we must guard against the temptation of To use um, intimidation, or maybe manipulation, or nagging. Because getting something done becomes more important to us than being like Christ in that moment. Ladies, if we desire to grow in grace, to grow in holiness of life, we must be on guard so that we are not carried away by the things that will take our focus off of Jesus. When we don't guard against our, when we don't guard our hearts and we allow them to become distracted and swept away, that's when we will miss out on what Jesus calls the good part. When we do, rather than displaying our love for Jesus, our service becomes a display of our misplaced priorities, becomes a burden. Again, working hard is not wrong. Having a heart that is swept away from the one that we are ultimately trying to serve, that is terribly wrong. So let's think, whose choice was this, this distracted and worried and bothered heart. There is no one Martha can blame but herself. By not fighting against it, she chose to be distracted. And we have that same choice. We must realize that when we hold weakly to Christ, it is because we choose it to be this way. Martha chose to be to have a distracted and worried and bothered heart, and it didn't stay confined within Martha. Her sinful distraction bore bitter fruit. And if our hearts are in the wrong place, it will—they will soon produce bitter fruit as well. So let's look further at verse 40. It says, "But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up." him, You see that? Martha came up to Jesus. That term implies that there was a sudden suspension of feverish, feverish activity when she saw her sister just sitting there. Martha was exasperated. And this passage implies that she felt justified in her annoyance. So, in her outburst of anger, Martha interrupted Jesus' teaching. Hmm. And what was so important that Martha interrupted his teaching? What was on her mind? Let's finish reading the verse. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me? To do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. See, Martha is looking for someone to blame. That's the bitter fruit that we see. First, she finds fault with Jesus. Did you hear her words? Lord, do you not care? She's accusing Jesus of being insensitive. Now think about that. Jesus, who is on his way to Jerusalem, who, set, who has his face set resolutely to go to the cross and to die, and in her self-focus, she asked him, Don't you care? In other words, you care about Mary, but what about me? She's also accusing Jesus of partiality. And Martha didn't stop with blaming Jesus. She also reproached Mary for abandoning her when she said, My sister has left me to do all the serving alone. It's evident by her actions that Martha's heart at this point was not anchored to be near to Jesus. Rather, she allowed herself to become distracted by all of her preparations. And at this point, her heart was in no place where she could even evaluate it. She was completely blind to her own sin. And all she could see was what, what she thought was wrong with all of those outside of herself. You see what we are all so capable of? I know I've done that. Now, it's easy, I think, for us to read this passage and to look at it and think, I can't believe that Martha would interrupt Jesus' teaching because she thought so highly of her own agenda. But the truth is, I do. We do. Do you see the sin that we so easily fall into when we neglect to shepherd our heart to Jesus continually? We can easily allow ourselves to be distracted and carried away stirred up in our minds and in our, in our emotions by excessive expectations of what we think needs to get done and what we expect others to do. And when we do, we sin right in the middle of our service. It's easy to fall into the temptation to look outside of ourselves, to look for excuses, And even to assume that we know others' motives and make accusations, even toward God. So we see this same accusation in Mark 4. I'd like for you to turn with me there. We're going to look at verses, um, starting in verse 35. Let me summarize verse 35 and then we'll pick up in verse... um, 37 In 35 and 36. It tells us that it was evening and it's getting dark. And Jesus had just gotten into the boat with his disciples. And uh, verse 37. It says, And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern. And where was he? Asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he, Jesus, said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Notice verse 38. What was their accusation? Teacher, don't you care how quickly we can draw wrong conclusions about God based on our own circumstances? Can't we? This accusation revealed the disciple's heart just as it reveals Martha's heart and often it reveals our own hearts. There is a great warning for us here. Our hearts can so easily become self-centered, so focused on ourselves at the very moment that we need to be focusing on and trusting in Jesus. It shows us how critical it is for us to be soaking in his word so that we don't forget him throughout our day so that our thoughts and our responses, our hearts, reflect what is true about him. Look again at verse 40 in our passage when Martha said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Do you see how self-centered Martha had become at this point? She was concerned that she was left alone in her excessive service. From Martha's self-centered perspective, Mary had deserted her. Now, don't miss what Martha reveals here. When she said to Jesus, Don't you care that my sister has left me? She's acknowledging that Mary had been serving. But Mary, unlike Martha, knew what part of service was necessary. But then she was willing to stop so that she could go and focus on Jesus' teaching. But meanwhile, Martha felt entitled to Mary's help. She was so self-centered that she couldn't see that Mary had left for the good reason. For the right reason. And so... In verse 40, we see her bossiness when she said to Jesus, Then tell her to help me. She told Jesus what to do. Martha wanted her sister to help her bear her unnecessary burden so much that she demanded that Jesus tell her to help her. One commentator said, that Martha took a stance over Jesus, forgetting who she was and to whom she was speaking. She forgot that she was his servant and that he was her master. At this point, Martha had become convinced that Mary should be serving her rather than to be with Jesus. Oh, do you see the pride in that? She thought she knew what was best for everyone. And just like Martha, our sinful pride can make us susceptible to judgment and to all kinds of evil. To anger, resentment, jealousy, distrust, a critical spirit, and unkindness. It's so easy for us to get caught up in our own whirlwind of things to do that we can forget who we are. We are slaves of Jesus. We can forget how needy we are of Him, that it is His strength and His words which help us persevere in ministry. And that gives us the wisdom to know what is truly important. Being with Jesus shapes our heart attitude so that we are willing to acknowledge and to repent of our pride. And to put aside the things that are not necessary so that our serving will bring honor to him. Now let's look at one last bitter fruit that we see in Martha's sinfully distracted heart. We see it in Jesus' words in verse 42. Let's read beginning in verse 41. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. When Jesus said that, which shall not be taken away from her, he revealed something very disturbing that's going on inside of Martha. Martha was so bitter over Mary's choice that she wanted to take away from Mary what she found in being near Jesus. Martha was deceived into thinking that her distracted service was most important. And she began to despise her sister's wholehearted eagerness to receive instruction from Jesus. And just like Martha, our service is not pleasing to the Lord when we are focused on ourselves and all that we need to get done rather than on him. Jesus knew that Martha's heart was not right. There is nothing good in Martha's anxious and troubled agitation. Now, there is no doubt to me that Martha loved Jesus. But she was completely blind to her own sin in her heart at this point. Her misguided idea of what it meant to serve him had to be exposed so that she could repent of it. And Jesus is faithful to do that. Um, and let's look at Jesus, what Jesus had to say to Martha to expose her sinful heart, to expose her mistaken idea of what she thought it meant to serve. We see that in verses 41 and 42. On your outline, it's number 4, A heart set right. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The searcher of hearts knew Martha's hearts. Martha's hearts. It's obvious by her words and her actions that she is outwardly upset. But Jesus also knew what was going on inside of Martha. And so, like a tender parent, Jesus exposes Martha's sin and gave her the gentle rebuke that she needed. Martha, Martha. The repetition of Martha's name by Jesus is, Reveals marked disapproval, to be sure, but it's intended to bring her back gently. There is a sense of tender affection and grace in Jesus' concern for Martha. She needed to be lovingly yet firmly rebuked because she was missing out on what was most important. Jesus helped her to understand that she had and exaggerated the necessity of her activities. Proverbs 27.6 tells us, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus' words are the <clears throat> balm that Martha needed. She needed to see that her heart was distracted and worried and bothered. She needed to see that she was unwilling to look within her own heart To see her sin. That she only saw everything outside of herself. And she was making an inaccurate diagnosis of what she sensed was wrong with those around her. Whenever we criticize others and pity ourselves because we feel overworked, we had better stop and take time and examine our heart. Perhaps in all of our busyness, we have been ignoring the Lord. Martha's problem was not that she had too much work to do, but rather her problem was that she allowed her work to distract her and to pull her away from Jesus. If serving Christ makes us difficult to live with, then there is something terribly wrong with our service. There's something terribly wrong with our hearts. Jesus knew that Martha needed to understand that her motive in serving at this point was not pure. Who was the focal point of Martha's service? She was. At this point, she was. Therefore, Jesus was not honored by Martha's service. He had no intention of defending it. Jesus knew what Martha needed. He knew that there was only one thing needed. One thing. It's what Mary had chosen, to sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn from him. And we must choose to feast on his word, and not allow our hearts to wander into excessive service. Now, did Martha heed Jesus' loving yet firm rebuke? We don't know exactly. But it's interesting that in John twelve two, just six days before Jesus would be hanging on the cross, we find Jesus in Bethany again. He's eating supper, and it says Martha was serving this time, there's no rebuke. There's no account of her interrupting, just serving. And so I think we at least have reason to hope that Martha's heart attitude had changed. And if he can change Martha's heart, he can change ours, right? All right, let's look at point number five then. Um, it's verse 40, 42. We see here a heart that feasts. So the rest of Jesus' response from here on to the end of where we're going to be looking today commends Mary's choice. He said, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. See, Mary had chosen the one thing that mattered. To sit at the feet of Jesus. She had chosen the good part. And we too must discipline ourselves to that. It is a choice that we make. It doesn't say that Mary did this because she felt like it. She chose to do this. And if we are to choose what Jesus says is the good part, we have to plan for it. It takes commitment of time and it takes effort. If we're to have the one thing necessary, then we may have to reevaluate our schedules and our priorities and make whatever changes might be necessary so that there is room for this choice. Have you ever noticed that we don't have to plan for our hearts to wander, to drift away? It just happens, doesn't it? But we do have to plan to meet with Jesus in his word. We don't have to plan for self-importance. That just creeps right in there, doesn't it? Especially the kind that would keep us away from Jesus' word. But we do have to plan for Jesus' importance to increase in our lives. In the midst of Mary's service, she chose something that led her from her service in order to improve her service. I wonder what it might have been like when she stepped back into her preparations with Martha. I can't help but imagine the difference that her time at Jesus' feet would have made, how her servanthood would have been better how Martha would have been ministered to by a woman whose heart had been near to Jesus in his words. The whole atmosphere of service had the potential of being infused with the aroma of Christ. Do you see how important this lesson is for us? As his servants, we must be very wise in the use of our time in order to get our hearts ready to serve others by taking in his word, by being near to our Savior, so that we can enter back into our service with a heart that is refreshed and prepared to serve, relying on God's grace with the service that is honoring to him. What we do with our hearts every morning and throughout our day, coming before God with a humble, submissive heart will make more of an impact on our service, in our homes, in our small group, on Sunday morning, in school, in our jobs, than anything else that we do. In a sermon Spurgeon gave on this passage, and this is on your outline, He said, you are not losing time while you are feeding the soul. You are not losing time while you are feeding the soul. We need that perspective, don't we? Martha was interested in accomplishing, while Mary was interested in a person. She was consumed with Christ, And so she chose to feast on his words. Mary saw Jesus for who he was. Therefore, she disciplined herself to make the choice to be near her portion. Listen to some of the verses that describe God as our portion. Hear the hope that the psalmist finds in knowing God in this way. Psalm 73, 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 142.5, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. And Psalm 119.57, the Lord is my portion I have promised to keep your words. I have sought your favor with all my heart. To be close to God and to have him as one's portion is to have a heart that is teachable, eager to learn from him. We see this in Mary. There's a single-mindedness about Mary. We sense her wholehearted love for her Savior, that nothing would tear her away from him. Mary chose what would benefit her heart and would ultimately benefit those around her, would benefit those that she was serving. When we, like Mary, choose this treasure, we will never be disappointed. That is a treasure that will never be taken away from us. And how do we know that? We have the privilege of being able to look back on the cross and all that Jesus accomplished there. And we need to remember that, especially in the light of this passage. Listen to all that we have been warned against. We've been warned that good intentions don't guarantee a good outcome. We've seen that we can easily allow our hearts to become distracted and anxious and bothered when we are not attentive to to constantly shepherd our hearts back to Jesus. We saw that we can misjudge what is actually necessary in our service, and that when we do, we can Easily allow that to lead us down a path of sinful distraction so that we miss the very one that we are ultimately trying to serve. And we saw that we can also allow other things to distract us from a heart fixed on Jesus. The fear of man, selfishness, and other misplaced priorities. We were warned that if we find our hearts carried away like Martha's was, it's because, because of our own choice to hold weakly to Christ. And we saw that a sinfully distracted heart bears bitter fruit, blaming, being self-centeredness, bossy, bitterness, and all the while being blind to the very dangerous place to which our heart can wander. We can so easily sin against those that we are closest to, right? Right in the middle of serving them. And so we need to take this passage, this warning, seriously. We need to repent where God exposes sin. And remember that in the midst of conviction, we can find encouragement. We always must remember that we have hope. See, Jesus knew that we would be women just like Martha, who would need to be forgiven and cleansed and made new in him. And so he died and he rose again. And we need to remember that there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We see that in how gently Jesus restored Martha. Jesus told Martha that she was worried and bothered about so many things. And you and I get worried and bothered about many things. And Christ died for our sinfully worried and bothered hearts if we are in christ we know that we are no longer slaves to sinful worry and distraction or any of its bitter fruit but we are slaves to christ and so even when we find that our hearts have become distracted we can always flee right back to jesus We can cry out and confess to him how much we need him. And he will be faithful to reorder our priorities and our hearts. I want to end with this quote from Ryle's commentary on Luke. He wrote, Mary chose what was for the benefit of her soul. She was seeking more grace. She was striving after closer communion with God and his Christ. This was the portion she preferred to everything else and to which she was willing for a time to postpone all earthly care. Those who seek such a portion will never be disappointed. Their treasure will never be taken away from them. Now, I'm going to pray, and and, uh, then when I close, I want you to just stay in your seat for a little bit and uh, just be quiet. Think about the lesson. You were given some questions on the end of the outline to uh, ponder, to consider. So I'd like for you to take some time and just to think about them. Maybe pull this sheet out a few times over the next month or so. We know we're all entering into a very busy, busy season. And I don't know about you, but I know this is a time where I really need to guard my heart against distraction. So we'll give you a few times, a few minutes to go over those questions. And as you do, I just want to remind you that as God reveals sin to you and you confess that sin, remember to preach the gospel to yourself at that point. We must never deal with our sin apart from the cross. And then Sarah's going to come up and she'll dismiss us. So let's pray. Father, I, I know that I can become just like Martha in any situation. I know that I can easily be distracted by the many things that I think I need to get done. And maybe there are others here. In fact, I'm sure there are others here who get distracted as well. And so, Father, I pray that we would recognize when our hearts are beginning to wander into unnecessary sinful distraction so that we can catch it immediately, that we can stop and repent and we can run right back to you. Thank you. That when we choose to allow our hearts to wander, we can run back to you, knowing that Jesus died for our sinfully distracted hearts. And that when we confess, oh, Father, thank you that we know we can always find forgiveness because of Christ's work on the cross. Father, would you help us to remember? What you tell us is the one thing necessary. I pray that we, like Mary, would find the treasure in sitting at your feet and learning from you for the benefit of our hearts and for the benefit of those that we serve. And Father, I pray that it wouldn't stop there, but that we would remind ourselves of those precious truths throughout the day continually so that our hearts don't wander from you Father we want to serve you in a way that honors you in a way that you would be glorified and so thank you that you have made every provision for us to do that we praise you for that we thank you for that and we acknowledge that we are needy women in need of you. And so we ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen.